0: This episode is brought to you by the generosity of our listeners.
1: We believe that those who are willing to die for their country deserve
0: to know the God who is willing to die for them. That's Ben Peterson, speaker, evangelist, founder, and CEO of Engage Your Destiny. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates. I'm here with Armin Asadi. I get to let you say your name, don't I, Armin? (laughs) Well, we're so glad you're a part of this episode. This is a chance for you to Put your faith to work and bring your bold idea to life. Actually, I say it's a chance for you to do that. Actually, what we want to do is highlight those who have done that and hopefully bring some inspiration to you in doing that. Now, we're going to have a special guest on today because he's the kind of guy that um, actually brings daily inspiration to you, Armin, right? Oh, absolutely. And I bring daily pain to him. (laughs) We're going to be speaking with Ben Peterson. Ben is the founder and CEO of Engage Your Destiny, and he happens to be Armin's boss because uh, Armin is working day to day side by side with Ben in his nonprofit. And, you know, Armin, since this is so much about um, Ben and really about the journey he's taken, and you know him so well, why don't you tee up uh, Ben for our show?
2: Yeah. Absolutely would love to. So Ben is a guy I've known for several years now. He's been a friend before he was anything. And now that we get to work together, uh, it's just been an amazing experience working with a friend because it never feels like I'm working. And I don't think it ever feels like he's working, but I could be assuming that and he feels like he's working because I'm hard to work with. Who knows? (laughs) But Ben, uh, man, what can I tell you about Ben? Ben, is a uh, army veteran. He spent eight years in the army. He was deployed out into Iraq and witnessed tra- tragedies you can't imagine. He's witnessed his brothers die in combat. He's witnessed suicide. He's witnessed uh, suicide bombers that cause civilian casualties in ways that you can't imagine, nor would you ever want to imagine. Uh, and Through all the pain and devastation that he's seen, he he was still able to come back home, go to college, get his music and biblical studies degree at North Central University, and from there ended up working for one of the fastest growing uh, event digital uh, agencies in Minnesota. And from there, at some point, he decided to launch Engage Your Destiny, which is what you guys will hear about today, and it's an incredible journey that he went through and an incredible journey of faith specifically. So it is really exciting for me to have him here because I I wholeheartedly believe this will be something that will inspire someone who is questioning whether or not they should go.
0: Yeah, that's right. Armin was not able to be with us when I had Ben in the studio, but uh, Armin and I will be back at, at the end of this episode to kind of wrap up what we heard. But for now, we want to just welcome to the program, Ben Peterson. Thanks for having me, brother. So good to have you. Now, you are the founder, executive director of Engage Your Destiny. What's that all about?
1: Well, our mission is to reach military and veterans for Christ and then to get them discipled through the local church. Um, we do that because we believe that those who are willing to die for their country deserve to know the God who was willing to die for them.
0: Ooh, uh, and that's so true and, and so right. Now, there's a lot of military ministries out there. Mm-hmm. What sets you apart?
1: We have a unique ability to uh, reach and get in front of military folks Uh, and provide a way for them to voluntarily hear the gospel and to learn more about Jesus. Uh, The majority of the military ministries are there to catch and to disciple. Um, But when it comes to actual reaching, being fishers of men going into the world and preaching the gospel... Uh, that's what sets us apart.
0: So you're more evangelistic rather than disciple-making in terms of orientation. Is that what I'm hearing? 100%. But, okay. So how? what's the unique way in which you um, engage that mission? So we provide experiences
1: that draw uh, military people uh, and give them an opportunity to make that decision. One of those experiences is we will come in and train our military mandatorily uh, put on by the command, and we will uh, do resiliency training. We will do uh, emotional intelligence training. We'll work on strength finders. Like these are all tools that we use that bring kingdom value to these units. Uh, and then from there, we'll do a voluntary time where
0: we'll talk about God and we'll talk about faith. Right. That's kind of the high level for yep. your ministry. Yep. I'm kind of curious, what drove you to this? It's, give me the Ben Peterson, this is my passion, Kind of angle what happened that caused you to say i want to start this ministry
1: uh i was in the business world mm-hmm. uh, i was making a lot of money mm-hmm. it was not satisfying the cry of my soul mm. and there was about a three or four month process where i started crying out to god and saying is this why you put me on this earth and i woke up uh, february 1st actually three years ago today that's kind of fun Mm. I woke up three years ago today and said, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Uh, and I heard in my heart as loud as a man could hear something in his soul, I heard the word go. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know what that meant, uh, what that would look like.
0: Kind of like um, Abraham, go, just, I don't know where. <laughs> just
1: go. <laughs> yeah. and, okay. and that's what faith is. Faith is believing in that which we cannot see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I walked into my dad's room. I was living at my parents' at the time. My dad was uh, passing away of cancer. mm Um, and I sat on his bed and I said, dad, I need to talk to you. And, and I said, uh, dad, I believe God is calling me to quit my sales job and start a ministry. And this was a big deal because my dad was a, uh, pavement pounding sales guy for 50 years. Is he a believer? Was Uh, he a believer? He was a believer. Yes. And, um, but to have a son who had a very lucrative and successful sales career was very, uh, a point of pride for him. Yeah, sure. So there was a lot of weight on this. Uh, it also couples with that he was a uh, a preacher's kid. Okay. So you have this preacher's kid, pound the payment sales guy, who's got a son who's crushing it in, in business, in sales, and he wants to quit and start a ministry. Mm-hmm. So the tension around that.
0: Mm-hmm. Did that make you apprehensive to talk to your dad? Not at all. No, oh, you were ready to go.
1: Yeah. And he looked down and he looked at me and he said, uh, then that's what you need to do. Mm. And I walked in that morning and I quit. Mm. And it's... It's one of those things where even if I'd gotten it wrong, my God is big enough to make it okay mm-hmm. and to and to direct my steps. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had um, you you received a blessing from your dad in that, didn't you? Yeah, has that moment kind of come back to you as a as a point of fuel for you to yeah, keep I mean, going? I mean, I, mean, I mean, it's not easy to start a ministry. It's not easy to start any business, for that matter. But no, but ministries are to <laughs> be especially rough.
1: Yeah, they come and go. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's three years ago today, and it still fuels me. My dad's passion still is with me, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you continue to keep stepping.
0: Now, I imagine that there are a number of times. And I know in my own life there are a number there have been a number of times where I've reached that kind of point of crisis too. What should I do with my life? And we may have some listeners right now that are in that mode right now. They're they're asking that very question of God. What brought you to that point? You said you you were you were found you were not satisfied in any part of your soul and deeply down what describe what that was like for you
1: there was a morning where i walked into the office and i had been working on an account to get sleep number beds as a client Mm -hmm. we did at this agency we did big event production and sales conferences and we did videos and uh you know for commercials and online advertising And sleep number obviously you know you see their advertising all the time Mm -hmm. and so you don't have to be that keen or smart to figure out that they they create they create a lot of stuff there's money there there's money there (laughs) um and i i had been sending them letters and uh I, i even emailed out or i'm sorry i mailed out a uh hammer and a nail With a handwritten note saying let's nail down a time to chat Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. i i sent out gift cards to like 20 different people in the marketing department because i i wanted that account and Mm -hmm. i loved the chase Mm -hmm. um and i had already gotten the vikings i'd gotten polaris i'd gotten these you know uh, blue chip clients and sleep number was really on my radar and then once i landed uh the first deal with them um it was more than a prove it deal it was a really really nice deal And I went and I turned it in and it was, you know, a multi, you know, several tens of thousands of dollars commission. And I remember the moment that I handed in the paperwork on on my boss, Mike's desk, he wasn't there. uh, And I turned and I walked out and uh, the juice was gone. It wasn't about fulfilling a desire. It was about this not being my calling Mm -hmm. and saying, this isn't why the Lord put me on
0: this. So what was once satisfying was not even appealing at all anymore. No. And So that's a pretty good indicator mm-hmm. that 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 something shifted.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't a you know I was a man of God. You mm-hmm. know, it, right. I, it wasn't a hey I'm gonna you know go out and celebrate with parties and right. drinks and girls. Right. And, you know that I'm fulfilling this this broken desire in my heart to to, to achieve success. Yeah, it it was a destiny thing. Yeah, and saying this isn't what I want to do with my life.
0: And there's probably a number of listeners who are feeling the same way. They're, it's not it's not like they are in any place of of uh, running away from God. They truly want to serve him, but they find themselves like no longer satisfied doing what they used to do. And that's the t- situation you just described. Yeah. Okay, so then you kind of realized that's not a fit for you anymore. How did you get to military ministry and specifically this ministry as the solution to that?
1: Yeah, you know, the Lord is good. And yes. we forget that, okay. uh, he's faithful. Uh, And I I think we forget that he longs to see his purpose and desire and destiny filled out in us more than filled lived out in our lives more than we want to. And so I began this journey and I knew I wanted to reach young people. And so a huge piece to following your destiny or wherever God has for you is following the desires of your heart because my heart is his. I'm in alignment with him. I'm a son of the king. And so because uh, I've given my life to him and my identity is in Christ, therefore I can, to a certain extent with multitude of counselors and with people around me, I can follow the desires of my heart Mm -hmm. to go after where I believe God is leading me, where my passion Mm -hmm. lies. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in high school, I was a partier, I was a drinker, I'd gotten into some drugs and and, uh, it was a really broken time for me. And that was when Jesus met me when I was 17 at a youth event that had been led by the former bully of our high school who had been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and <laughs> brought it to our Catholic high school. So it was a radical movement in yeah. my high school and so many kids gave their lives
0: to Christ. Um, but that Well, here's was, a kid tormenting others and now- And now he, he is bringing yeah.
1: the healing grace yeah, of yeah, God. Yeah, 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 that's good. So that was where I gave my life to Christ. So my passion from that identity uh, shift was really, was really founded there and I wanted to go- And bring that same experience to young people. Um, So I started Engage Your Destiny. That was never intended to be a military term. Uh Uh, I wanted to reach young people. I wanted to be a youth revivalist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I began putting together a board, putting together, you know, whatever it takes to get the 501c3. I took money out of my uh, Roth IRA and all those kinds of things. um, My mutual funds and started uh, putting the pieces together to make this come to be. Um, and then it was after about four or five months and I'm trying to come up with different ideas and I'm pounding pavement and I'm reading and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I started reaching out to speak at, you know, teen challenge and just, just anything I can get right. Just start getting momentum, find Uh opportunities. When one night I had a wildly vivid dream that my youth ministry was a complete failure and I'm talking vivid catastrophe. Hmm. Young people were walking out of my meetings. I was speaking at schools. The whole school was getting expelled. Riots were ensuing. Kids weren't listening to me. There were youth bands that would play and they wouldn't even let me get up on the stage to speak. Like, <laughs> And all I remember thinking, Larry, in the middle of all of this is this is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Because I left a really good job to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then in a, in a moment's notice, the dream changed and I was sitting on this bus, I was looking into a camera and I was asking veterans and military and their families to lay down their burdens, to share their stories with me, to receive Christ, to be healed. Um,
0: and I woke up. So literally this shift from teens to military mm-hmm. was painted as a before and after in your dream. Yeah. Or, or maybe a contrast of where it's going <laughs> to what it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: 100%. And I jolted awake at 3.30 in the morning. I remember I, I rolled over. I looked exactly at the clock. It was 3.30 on the dot. And I, um, I was wide awake, you know, and it was abundantly clear to me that God was showing me something. And I just laid there until 5, 5.30 and prayed. And, and, and the word that came to my heart was Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens and you'll fulfill the love of Jesus Christ. And our military has a lot of burdens. Uh, Some places, the divorce rates are as high as 80, 85%. There's actually units that will put divorced men into a special group. And it's a celebrated group because they've been able to get divorced. Mm. Like it's it's that twisted. Mm. Um, The drinking, the partying, that the the separation between families for deployments, the operational temple of the military right now, we've been at war for 19 years. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really bad. And so, um, well,
0: suicide rate is the highest among military personnel, is it not?
1: 100%. Yeah. And so, I should probably mention that I did eight years in the army. (laughs) Yeah. And I did a tour in Iraq in 2008, 2009. So, this was an area that I had a lot of experience with my own brokenness and my own story with what God brought me through. And so, I began on this journey of how am I going to reach? How am I going to reach the military?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of interested in going right back to that day, right? So you're waking up the morning. Yep. I, mean, I, I don't know if you stayed up because of that dream being so vivid and so jolting. What did you, I'm practically speaking, like what did you do next? Because now you've got this, what sounds like I'm on a mission from God, you yep. know, to, yep. to quote the Blues Brothers. little Blues
1: Brothers moment. <laughs> pack of cigarettes, full yeah. tank of gas.
0: Exactly. So <laughs> what, what, what was next? Uh, it
1: felt very clear. It was, mm-hmm. it, I, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew like the day that I quit my job, I knew that this is where I needed to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and the promises of the Lord are faithful. It's a sureness. It's a knowing the peace of God that surpasses all wisdom, all understanding will rule and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Like that's what he promises. That's who he is. It's his identity. Mm-hmm. And when we live out of that identity and who we are in him and he speaks to us, it's an, it's a knowing. And, and there's always that element of fear, always that element of faith. And, you know, I had a lot of brokenness from my military time. I didn't want anything to do with the military. I, I lost seven guys while I was in combat, you know, mm. um, it dealt with all different kinds of issues from my time there. And, and when, when I had that knowing there was still that tension of, I don't want to go work with these people, uh-huh. um, because I don't want to be one of them again. I want to, uh-huh. I want to forget that part of my life. Yeah. You and, wanted to suppress it. 100%, and yeah. I had to go through that process and go through that journey of becoming alive to that again to where now this is my life's work.
0: So how did God work that healing process in you? Because it sounded like in order for you to heal, you know, through the love of Christ, yep. these military veterans, yep. you needed to be healed yourself. 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's, um, I'll tell that in two in two parts. The first is a man named Peter was the first person I ever ministered to. <laughs> I get emotional about this stuff. Um, Peter was in a convoy in Iraq. And um, it's very rare that this will happen, but it does happen where two brothers will get put in the same unit uh, by special request. And so these two brothers, Peter and his brother, had been put in the same unit. And um, they were going down, um, I think it was Route Irish in Iraq. And the lead gun truck got blown up, which is Peter's brother was in that gun truck got blown up and the whole convoy got ambushed. And so they're under intense small arms fire, rockets, mortars, um, and Peter under all of that suppressing fire ran through all of it to get to his brother whose truck was burning. Um, everyone in there was dead except for his brother who he pulled out of that burning truck and saved his life. Wow! He throws his brother on his back, runs back through all of that incoming fire to the medevac, which, uh, one of his other team members had called in Threw his brother, brother on the medevac and he took off. And then they went and took the fight back to the insurgents that were attacking them. And the burden that Peter's was carrying, my brother is now paralyzed Mm. because I didn't get there soon enough. Mm even though he saved his life. yeah. And Larry, I read that story. I heard that story and my heart broke. Hmm. And I said, okay, God, I'll go. Who else? Who else is gonna go and heal these people? Mm-hmm. I'll go. And so um, that's, that's when things really began to shift. Um, and then from there, the Lord made it clear to me because we were originally reaching military through local churches, We would do honor dinners where we'd honor the military. And then I'd come in and tell my story and minister and lead people to Christ. And it worked for a little while. Um, But then the Lord shifted and he spoke to me to go into the world and preach the gospel. And that's when bases started to open up to us Mm -hmm. to reach vets, military families. And so through that process, as I began speaking more and more, ministering more and more, my story came out time and time again. And... The last part to that is my first week in combat, we had a helicopter crash, go down, blow up, um, and seven of our guys were killed on day six of our tour. So we still have uh, 359 days left. Not a good way to start a tour. And that experience was single-handedly the most devastating experience in my life. To lose wow. those seven. One of them was uh, one of our first sergeants. So, our first sergeant, you know, in charge of an entire company. And then Michael Thompson had volunteered for that, for our own particular tour. Um, so, this hit very personal. It was very close to home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Andrew Mason wasn't even supposed to be on that flight that night. He had volunteered to give someone else a break. And so, that experience was so gut wrenching and hurting. Uh, especially because I saw so many people in so much pain and struggling through so many things and I felt helpless. And so for years, that was a stronghold for me. But when I came home, I, uh, I was drinking again. I was struggling. I was just in pain. I was doubting God. How could God be so good and show me his love and then take me through such pain and, and, and such a valley? And it was in the middle of the night, I called my mentor. I'd been out drinking at the bar. I called him about three o'clock in the morning and he picked up and I just said to him, why did they die? I don't understand why. And Scott said to me, the disciples didn't understand why mm-hmm. Jesus had to die and yeah. they were devastated. Yeah. But what they didn't see in that devastation, in that hurt was the greatest victory that the world had ever known. Right. And that's the promise that Christ has for you in losing your seven, that if you'll put your faith in Christ, he will turn your greatest hurt into your greatest victory. And so you take that now, nine years later, and that story, as I preached the gospel, led 404 military to Christ last year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the victory that mm-hmm. Jesus does when he turns things around. And so he took my story and then now is using it for his glory and for his good.
0: Yeah, so good, so rich. When did you then feel like you were healed of, you know, you no longer needed to suppress it? Did, was that an instant thing or did that come over time or are you still processing some of those things? Yeah, it's
1: still not healed. Yeah. You know and and i think people need to be okay with some things um never fully healing yeah um jesus christ heals the trauma the hurts the wounds but the emotion tied to it the scars tied to it that that never leaves there's all, there will always be a scar and even uh, we were at a conference about three months ago and there was a video that was playing that had to do with chaplains doing ministry and losing soldiers. And I had, a, I had a mini little flashback back to that experience and I had to run out of the room because I had a complete emotional breakdown. Here I am traveling, preaching, speaking on resiliency, how to overcome hardship, uh, leading hundreds of our military to Christ like the man of God, right? And I need to leave for a minute because I'm having a full blown emotional breakdown. So I don't have an answer.
0: On all that. But and I, you probably don't know when it might hit you again. Another no clue. another point of discovery and yep. healing that God wants to do in your own heart. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Well, I mean, let's take a moment and give thanks where thanks are due. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody
2: that's out there supporting this podcast so that it can exist. Yes. Thank you, because it would not exist without you.
0: Oh, that is so true, because this is a nonprofit endeavor. We don't make any income from it. Very nonprofit. <laughs> In fact, we <laughs> we uh, provide support to it. So we're so appreciative if you're joining with us through your tax-deductible contribution to make this show possible.
2: And if you do want to support and keep this bad boy going, then just go to BoldIdeapodcast.com forward slash donate.
0: If I kind of step back and listen to the thread of your story, let me see if I get this right. You had a successful career and it became apparent that that was no longer fulfilling to you. So you made a decision to pursue what you believe God was calling you to in terms of your passion to serve youth. Mm -hmm. And so you stepped out to do that. In really trusting God, not knowing exactly where to go. And then as you did that, you discovered that maybe not the course of action at all. You needed to serve in the military. Mm -hmm. And you did that, even knowing you weren't fully healed from your own experiences over there, right? You stepped into it. Mm -hmm. It occurs to me as I'm listening to that, that the key takeaway that I'm getting here from our conversation is that, you know, you felt God was prompting you to do something, you did it. Mm -hmm. Even though you didn't know where you were going with it, because had you felt the dissatisfaction that you did Mm -hmm. and you tried to map it all out and you said, okay, it's going to be military ministry, which is kind of where you're at today. Mm -hmm. You may not have gone, right? Because you were resistant to that. So in some ways, what I'm hearing is by the grace of God, he kind of took you step by step into a place you weren't willing to go if Mm -hmm. he revealed the whole thing to you right off the bat. Yeah. But he got you there through your love for youth and seeing a role model that exemplified what you thought you wanted to do as well. Yeah. And then once you got into that, he started then saying, okay, I think you're ready to take it to where I really want to take you. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, praise God. I mean, I think the biggest lie that anyone who has a dream or desire falls into is I'm not good enough. Uh-huh. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. Because my identity is in Christ. It's not a Ben Peterson. Yeah, uh, I struggle with sin. I've battled with, with pornography, with drinking, with, I mean, lying, lustful thoughts, my words, swear. I mean, go down the list. And it's not about where you're at. It's about what God's calling you to do because he, who he calls, he equips. And there's nothing that should stand in the way of a person going into their personal destiny in, in regard to their, their walk or I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not any of this kind of stuff. Because if God's put a dream or a desire in your heart, then it's time to go. And what are you waiting for? Um, And you can't let what you see, because faith is believing that which you cannot see. And if you're staring at your sin, if you're staring at your weaknesses and your shortcomings, if Moses who couldn't speak was was staring at that, I mean, if, I mean, David was looking at the size of his stature. I mean, it's all the things, right? That we count up and we measure up of all the reasons why we can't. That's not faith. Because that's relying in what we can see. And faith is believing that into which we cannot see and calling things that are not as though they are. And so that is the human condition and and the, the threshold that every man or woman has to get past in order to live out their personal destiny. And it's hard, it's brutal, it's frightening, it's scary, it's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming, it's stressful. I mean, last year in 2018, actually the year before 2017, my dad died um, at the beginning of 2018 and 2017. I was traveling, uh, I traveled over 22 cities, met with over hundred churches, cared for my dad as he was dying and got sick about 16 or 17 times all throughout the year because of the stress I was under. Like it was a year of hell. And then February 8th, my dad died of 2018. Hmm. And so you look at all that and it's like, yeah, the price to live out something that's this amazing is extremely costly. It's extremely difficult, but it's only by God's grace that anyone could ever have anything like this. And it's, it's not about where you are as a man or woman. It's about your faith in Christ and how he defines you. Because it's I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not competent enough. None of that. And that's not me trying to be some BS kind of humble thing. That's mm-hmm. just straight up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it comes down to that Christ defines us. That's what his blood did. So if there's anyone who is in that place of believing that they're not good enough and that they could never go and do the dream that's in their heart, it's a lie from the pit of hell. And you're good enough because of what Christ calls you to and who he says you are.
0: Yeah, and another way to think about that maybe is, yeah, you're right, you're not good enough. That's why we all need Christ. 100%. Be done. Be done with that as the excuse for why you shouldn't do something, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, none of us is good enough. That's the whole reason Jesus came. Yeah. Yeah, you know, to fulfill that.
1: And we need, we need a deeper why. Yeah. And our why is, I'll say it again, we believe that those who are willing to die for their country deserve to know a God who was willing to die for them. Yeah. That statement has nothing to do with me. Exactly right. It's about going on to the gates of hell and fighting for the souls that are perishing and are going to spend eternity in hell if we don't do something. And so God isn't going to give you a bunch of money so you can go and be rich. He's going to give you a bunch of money so you can go and bless a bunch of other people. He isn't going to give you a bunch of giftings and talents so you can go serve yourself and and become famous and and have everyone look to you as a thought leader. No, he's going to do that so you can be on a pinnacle place where you can proclaim Christ and what he can do in your life. Right, right, right. This life has nothing to do with us filling our souls with the things of this world. It has everything to do with advancing the gospel.
0: Right, amen. Now, I'm curious because uh, you're, you're hitting on this theme. <laughs> Not surprising is the, is the name of your ministry to yeah. engage your destiny, right? So all of what you have been saying and inspiring our listeners with, you speak into the lives of the military veterans that you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, as you engage with them to discover what God has for them and how they can put their faith to work, yeah. are there some things that you see that are perhaps unique or maybe different for people that serve in the military in terms of embracing that mm-hmm. from those that don't? I mean, are there issues or yeah. questions or common uh, themes that you have to speak on yeah. that are not the ones that non-military people generally deal with as much.
1: Yeah, two things come to mind. The first is we're dealing with a fatherless generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of the military is eighteen to thirty-five, mm-hmm. in the millennials. Mm-hmm. Just and the millennials are the largest population in the United States. Yeah. Um, and they are the most fatherless. Thirty percent to single unwed mothers, thirty percent to
0: divorce. In the military?
1: No, in the in the country. Okay, and it's so, higher in the military. Would so, it not be. Um, I I don't know those oh, numbers, but I know that sixty you percent know. of Americans, American millennials, are fatherless. Oh, that's crazy. And so, when it comes to identity and security and knowing who you are, when you grow up, and it's just a fact. I mean, I don't even need to get into Christian divorce, whatever. Mm-hmm two are better than one Mm -hmm. and a single mother who's out raising three kids and has multiple jobs to provide is not able to provide the security that two people can as a team. Mm -hmm. And so that just sows seeds in the developmental mind of lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of security. And so you take that underdeveloped, those underdeveloped areas, and you bring that into a, a combat training unit where you are getting yelled at by drill sergeants and you're out in the rain and you're doing push-ups, and you don't have your technology as a safe place and you are exposed and you're living with 60 other people in a big you know, barracks, right. that turns your world upside down. Yeah, I imagine. And so the military is in a very weak place right now because of the people that are coming in and how much they're struggling with their own personal identity. I have had countless commanders and chaplains that are overwhelmed by the amount of soldiers that need to go see mental health and need to see the chaplain because they just think they can't do it. Yeah. And it's all in their mind.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. What was the other thing you said? There were two things. Get I
1: don't mind. even remember. <laughs> I'm I'm so passionate about these young people oh. and what they're going through and how the father of fathers can come and meet them. Yeah, and and minister to them. Yeah, it's like I just get lost in
0: it. Oh, um, and what
1: was the question again?
0: Oh, I was just wondering about what are some of the themes that might be different for not for military versus non-military. Oh, people.
1: absolutely. So the yeah. other one is regardless of their upbringing. The theme that every military person has ingrained into their soul from the moment that they sign on that dotted line is my life doesn't belong to me uh-huh it is not my own
0: uh-huh
1: I am owned by something else,
0: government issue hundred percent yeah,
1: and i'm laying and i I will lay down my life for my country mm-hmm. I'm an American soldier, I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States, and I live the army values, yeah. I will never accept defeat. I will never leave. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I stand ready to deploy and engage and destroy the enemies of the United States in close combat. I'm a guardian of freedom in the American way of life. I'm an American soldier. Mm-hmm. Like that is all about who you serve and who you will lay down your life for. Yeah. And so when you bring to them the principle of Jesus Christ laying down his life for them, mm. they get that sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Because 90 plus percent have signed knowing full well, when you sign on the dotted line and you sign that first insurance form that if you die, this is the money your parents are going to get, you know full well that you are giving your life for freedom. Wow, that's good. And so the message of the gospel couldn't come through clearer to this group of people and that's why larry i am believing for an awakening across our military we're going to see tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of our military come to christ in the next several years oh that's great a, a move of god
0: now how can our listeners get more information about your ministry
1: yeah the most uh, impactful way first is we go out and we fundraise and we pound payments so we can go and tell these these kids about jesus mm-hmm. and do the work that we do and so if you're a business owner, if you um, believe in this mission, you have a heart for the gospel and you have a heart for lost people groups, you also have a heart for our military, you can go to EngageYourDestiny.com. reach out to us. Uh, we don't want just people to come and give give 25 bucks or $25 million. Like, I don't even want that. I want to build relationships with people. So if you're interested in becoming a donor, becoming a part of who we are, go online, go to our contact page and send, send us a note so we can actually talk to you and build a relationship with you. Uh, next, we have, when we do our trainings, we have sponsorship opportunities opportunities so that businesses can sponsor themselves if they're looking to get in front of military people. Uh-huh. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Now we like to ask our guests, because this is the Bold Idea podcast, what's your next Bold Idea?
1: Oh boy. Probably about six months after I started this ministry, I was walking down my hallway and I began to think about the Vietnam veteran. I'm not extremely close to any Vietnam veterans. I mean, I've seen movies. I know the story. So there's no real tie to it to where I would think this would come from my mind. Mm -hmm. But I began to think about how they were never welcomed home Mm -hmm. and they still haven't been. And our country has never righted that injustice, Mm -hmm. never. And there's over a million Vietnam veterans today that are just waiting to be welcomed home. Yeah. And so it's our bold idea, our dream, and our desire to do a national tour, a series of events with A-list acts, country artists, air shows, where we nationally welcome them home and heal those wounds
0: get rambo there
1: 100 <laughs> percent.
0: that's a great bold idea yep i love it i yep. love it well ben um want well, to just thank you for being part of the bold idea podcast it's great to have you on i love to hear your passion and it's just neat to hear your story about how god took a willing heart that just says i don't know where we're going but i'm ready to go lord send me and uh, just great to see how he weaved that in so thanks yeah. again for being on our show thank you so much well, now I'm in studio with Armin and I promised that uh, we would um, have a conversation about what we just talked about because I'm anxious to kind of hear Armin's take on this too. But uh, he's got so much experience with this guy. I really got to tell you, I, I love being with Ben and it isn't almost so much what he said, Armin, that struck me, but just the the character of the guy. I mean, he's he's one of those guys you just uh, meet and you know is solid. He just is he's got conviction. Yeah. It's really annoying. I hate it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. My wife always says, I mean, it's good that you're about around Ben and I ask her why. And she says, well, he calls you higher and I hate it oh, because he really does. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what were your takeaways, Larry? Cause obviously I have a bias, but, Uh, And I know Ben way too well. Yeah, Ben is new for you. This has been a new experience. His story is even new to you. So I'm I'm genuinely eager to hear what your takeaways are from that conversation. Yeah, we
0: really went into this episode just very explorative because um, it wasn't like there was a known thread that I was going to be pulling on. So it was neat to kind of just start from scratch and just say, okay, Ben, who are you? And what's God been doing in your life? And one of the first things that, you know, we talked about in this episode, as you know, was that he really talked about the season of discontent in his life where, you know, he just wasn't satisfying anything in his soul. And uh, and he just, you know, reached out and to God and said, what do you want me to do with my life? And, well, I can relate to that. How about you, Armin? You know, those seasons of our lives when we're just like, all right, God, I mean, I'm feeling discontent and what do you want us to do about it? Or what do you want me to do about it? Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, me and you have gone back and forth on this with especially the bivocational thing. Yes. You know, I always if I if I if the only thing I do is business then I feel unfulfilled. If the only thing that I do is ministry, then I feel under challenged. And, you know, just going through that whole process of realizing I need to do both to feel fulfilled and challenged. Um, this ministry thing has been definitely a big part of me feeling that fulfillment
0: factor and, you know, uh, eliminating that discontentment factor. You know, we have talked about this back way back in episode two of our first podcast, Reinventure Me. Uh, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with that show, uh, you go to reinventure.me. And back in episode two, we talked about discontent. And I think one of the things that we discussed back then is a long time ago, but was that the notion that oftentimes we think about discontent as something that we need to fix by changing our attitude about it, you know, bloom where you're planted kind of thing. And there are times when that's the case, but there's also times when discontent is a sign to move on. And Ben's story is exactly that. I mean, there was a reason for the discontent that he had because it was time to move on. And I was just loved hearing his story about that. Yeah, I'm glad
2: you got to finally hear it so you can hear uh, this guy that I'm spending so much time with
0: because, you know, I always look for your approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know that. I really appreciate that about you, you know, because I have a perfect plan for your life, I mean. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do like what he said but because he said, even if I get it wrong... God's big enough to direct my steps. And I think so many of us get into these situations of discontent and we stay frozen there because we're not sure what we should do with our lives, but we're not willing to take any steps. And the way Ben frames that up is that's faithlessness, you know, because that's not believing that God has the ability to direct our steps. That's just staying stock. Mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. So that's one thing I picked up. The other though, that, that, Fascinated me even more so was how he found his burden, and uh, and and for the military families, you know, because he started out and he talked about this dream that he had. You remember that with a mm-hmm. with a dream of ministering to teens or young kids or youth or whatever, and then finding that wow, that just he, he saw that like the fig tree that melted away, <laughs> and then only to get revived when it was turned toward. Uh, um, military and i love how he connected that to galatians chapter 6 verse 2 where he says carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of christ Mm. and the way he did that was almost an inversion if you want to fulfill the law of christ find someone's burden to carry Mm. and that really in any and he said to himself well who's got burdens i mean the military, the divorce rate, the, the suicide rates, the broken families, the PTSD, the, if you want to look for a burden group, the military is a pretty good place to look. Yeah. And particularly since he witnessed that stuff up front. I love the fact that, that, that you know, you want to fulfill the law of Christ, carry another's burdens. Mm. That was good. That was solid gold to me. Yeah, and he genuinely
2: does that. You know, I, I mean, he went through a season where he would speak and have people write down what their burdens are in a card, and he would have them put it in a bag, and he carried this bag everywhere he went. I mean, not only did he carry it spiritually where he prayed for every one of those individuals, but he physically carried <laughs> Those burdens, mm-hmm. written on a card in a bag, mm-hmm. everywhere he went. I mean, it, it, he 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 genuinely went out of his way to carry those
0: burdens. In doing so, I think the last part that I took away was um, that in carrying those burdens, he built bridges, mm-hmm. and uh, and and bridges really to his own healing, and he talked about Peter and how that was you know, that really affected him and, and how he, he had this trouble with drinking and he was out late one night and called his mentor and his mentor just explained to him, he can't give the answer for why he lost those seven people in his group and which affected him so deeply. But neither could you explain or the disciples could explain why Jesus had to go and his mentor just said, you know, Jesus has the ability to turn your greatest hurt into your greatest victory. and uh, and just when he started talking about the number of men and women who've been uh, who've received Christ as a consequence of his obedience to just go pursue that ministry through the engage your destiny. I just thought that was great. It's almost like full circle. And I do enjoy and did appreciate that Ben says, you know no, you never really get fully healed, but mm-hmm. you can get healing, but you may not be fully healed, not the side of heaven. And, uh, and, I, and I just love how that, um, you know, I could even tell in the studio, you know, he was, he was breaking down there a bit and, and there's still some raw pain and, and realness to who he is in living out this healing but not healed yet. So I think that's really cool and I, I can see why you're so fired up to work with
2: him. Yeah, it's just fun, you know.
0: It's uh he's such
2: a rare breed. He genuinely wears his heart on his sleeve and he is probably one of the most bold and zealous Jesus loving guys I've ever met. I mean, I I can't tell you a number of times where <laughs> We're just talking to some random strangers that we have never met before. We've talked to him for two minutes. And next thing I know, he's praying for them. And I'm not even fully engaged in the conversation. And I realize, oh, I should probably engage in this moment that's happening and I don't know what to do because I mean, for him, it, 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 just flows so naturally, you know, he, he doesn't feel shame to pray. He doesn't feel shame to talk about Jesus. It's not awkward. And the, and my favorite part is he's not even politically correct. And it's, it's just, it's just so cool to be around someone that makes, uh, this, this conversation around Christ and the relationship around Christ so natural, so so easy, so tangible, and it's just it, it just creates so many relationships and it sparks so many different ways of breakthroughs. It's just, it's just so cool to be around it because. I'm I'm not that kind of guy, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more conservative. I'm more reserved. I'm not that eager to just be like, Hey, I love to pray for you and just start praying. It's just, so it's just cool to watch that uh, through Ben because it's, it's making me become that person. And I, and I get to <laughs> tangibly witness the power of prayer in ways that I, it's weird to say this, that I just usually don't see in, my home country of the United States, but I often see it in the mission field. And you wonder, do you have to be on a mission field to be able to do that? Or can you do that at home? And I and Ben has been the person to answer that question for me because this is where I see him do it almost every
1: day.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, we hope that you have also benefited from listening in to Ben's story and um, getting a sense of what God has done in his life and some of the lessons along the way. And I would just uh, encourage you, if you're in uh, a moment of discontent in your own life, that maybe you take on Ben's question. What are you waiting for? Mm. Um, And if it's your shortcomings that's holding you back, then as he points out, it's not faith. And so we want to be bold and I want to be bold. I'm sure you do as well. So put your faith to work and find ways to experiment with what God might be um, wanting to put to work in your life. So we hope this was an episode that uh, inspired you to do that. You can find the show notes at com slash eight, nine. And of course, we always love to receive comments from you on our show or at our show line. At 612-568-IDEA, 612 568 Well, that's it for this episode, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying, go put your faith to work and bring your bold idea to life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.